0: Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen.
1: Well firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Moreton Bay.
0: And Adam Pace. I was going to say, I was actually going to say, yep, that's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell let's got to this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now.
1: And welcome everyone to the final edition of the Production Football Review NPL Sunday Show for Season 2022. It is Scott and Adam with you to recap the NPL and FQPL Women's Grand Finals. Adam, how are you?
0: I'm good, yeah, a little sad that it's uh, the local season at least is all over. But, um, but yeah, I suppose in a way we actually get an off-season this season.
1: All good things must come to him but we'll be back mm. before you know it's so on the show table we will recap the npl and FQPL women's grand finals hearing from coaches and players involved from the victorious sides and we will also have a quick look at some of the other playoff games over the weekend adam but we will start with the npl women's grand final which was a, a yet another win for lions fc they completed back-to-back unbeaten treble winning seasons six nil winners Over Gold Coast United in the grand final. Amy opened the scoring in the fifth minute. Aishinor in the 24th. Mariel Hecker in the 64th before a Tegan riding hat-trick in the 72nd, 76th and 78th minute made it 6-0 for Lions. We'll talk about the individual moments in a moment, Adam, but on a a big picture, this was a really dominant performance from pretty much minute one for Lions, and apart from maybe a 10-minute spell at the start of the second half, a game which they thoroughly controlled.
0: Absolutely. Uh this was uh we, I think we said it uh that it was a show for Lions that they they stepped up on the big stage. Uh look, Gold Coast United for their part. They they weren't bad. I think actually the result probably flattered them, uh flattered them a little bit. But uh yeah, look, this is all dominance from you know easily the the best the best team women's team in this state, and I would say arguably the best club team in this country.
1: I definitely the best MPL club team in the country. I know some other states down south think they've got some really strong contenders. Well, let's see it. If there's anyone better than Lions, I I need to see that because I don't believe it with the way mm. the way this side plays when they're at their best. I think they're completely unstoppable at this level. And it started off really early, didn't it? The early goal from Amy Gunson just set them set Lions on their way, pouncing on a little mistake at the back. And that's just what good teams do, don't they? Like Hecker played the ball through to Amy Gunston and finished it absolutely perfectly.
0: Yeah, look, the, the, this is always going to be the key uh, to this game, was we, we sort of surmised, I think, in our preview last week that if Gold Coast United could come out early and really sort of, you know, get their first goal and really rattle uh, Lions, uh, that they they probably used to have shot. But, you know, the goal after five minutes, which, you is know, a beautiful piece of play that, you know, just a su- the support play between um, Mario Hecker and... Um, yeah, a team Riding and uh, Amy Gunston. It's just it's just a, a sight of behold at times with the way they support each other, the way they sort of crisscross around the fence. Um and like so said, these are no mug defenders either. You know, Ellie Fry is probably one of the best defenders in in the uh in the league that's not in a orange shirt. And uh yeah, look her and uh Jesse Rashart, who also a very, very experienced player, they they at sort of at times, you know, sort of were really just bamboozled by by the play and five minutes in and that was the opening goal. And I think from there, you sort of felt already that you know the game was slipping for Gold Coast United.
1: Absolutely. Look, you mentioned it, that front third, when they're when they're clicking, it's almost poetry in motion. The way that they the way they just know where they are and they know where each other's going to move. It's just it's just a really a really great combination. We've spoken about it on the show before, but in the big games, but those three in particular are regular regularly standing up and it's no no surprise that the Lions, Lions have won the last four grand finals in NPL Women's Queensland. Those three players have been at the absolute forefront of not just getting them there, but performing on that big stage.
0: Absolutely. And that, that's like I said, big game players with big game moments. And, yeah, they like I said, Mario Hecker has scored in all four of those grand finals. Uh, yeah, Tegan Riding has scored uh, seven seven goals in those four grand finals, I do believe. Uh, yeah, like I said, they the yes, it's it's guess a case of you know the, the big the big name player Amy Gunston, for her part is probably the most unheralded one. She has a she has a bag of goals as well, you know, out of all those grand finals. And if she's not scoring those, she's also scoring cup finals as well. So she's a leading goal scorer in the Kappa, you know, the Kappa Super Cup uh, final history. I, I know it's only two seasons, but she's the one that holds the record. So just the big game players. But the, I think the scary thing is that we do reflect on those three players, but. Also as well like also as well in that, in that time they've only conceded one goal in that four, those four grand finals, and that, that was' in the 21st minute of the 2019 grand final. so they have been over you now 350 minutes in a grand final they're conceding a goal. so it, it is a team effort, um, not only attacking wise but defensively as well. Uh, it's like I said, it, it is, I, I, I use the word dynasty. Like I said, I think you know when you win four grand finals and, and you know a multi titles, you know, silver amongst that time, it is a dynasty. And what, what is even scarier is that I don't see it even letting up. Even if players do move on, you can bet that they will bring in, they'll bring in someone else to fill the void. If it's not from their champion under 23s team, it will be from another club.
1: That's what they've done over the last four years. I see no reason to see that changing. So it was two-nil at halftime. I capitalized on a on a mistake at the back from Gold Coast to make it two-nil, and they did come out a bit better in the second half. Gold Coast United, in terms of pushing forward, and they got a couple of half chances. I actually had a chance which went just wide of the target, and then D. Thompson hit the post with a really good effort. And at that point, if that had gone in, maybe, but it also just confirmed it really wasn't their night. And uh, we know what we'll talk about what Lions did in a minute after that, but. Well, Gold Coast were better at the start of the second half.
0: They were. They did. They did come out uh, as we thought they would in the first half. In that second half, and yeah, look if, if D Thompson's uh, shot from long range goes in goes in off the off the bar or just yeah, you know, goes in just at to the top corner uh look it, it probably is a different ball game or at least the mentality changes now it would have given gold coast confidence uh to sort of, to go on with it but yeah i think he, he in the woodwork uh like as you said as well mo Hayashi before that uh sort of just went what went wide as well but i think that's also a telling sign about how good yeah, you know, the fence, especially Georgia Rink and uh, Chelsea Blissett in the middle of the of the fence, is that those shots were from range, from twenty-five, thirty yards. They weren't they weren't tap-ins. They weren't six-yard shots. And like I said, which obviously yeah you know, increases the degree of difficulty. So if if uh, yeah, like I said, if, if Thompson hits that goal, uh, all of a sudden it may be a different game because that would have been a, a cracking goal.
1: Absolutely. So that was 2 0 It was just after that five minutes into the start of the second half, and this is what, this is what this shows how great and how ruthless and relentless this Lions team is. They were 3-0 up on the hour mark after a great finish from Mariel Hecker to make it three. They, they, they then go and add three more after that through Tegan Riding, and, and they were really good finishes, particularly the third one was a spectacular long-range strike. Probably the, the the goal of the of the um, afternoon, or maybe one other in the game before we'll talk about it in a minute, but it was certainly the goal of the game in the NPL Women's Grand Final. And this shows how ruthless that, that Lions team is. To be 3-0 up, with half an hour to go. Most odds think, all right, we've got this game under control. We'll now just see it out, be, be conservative and just play play safe, give up nothing and, and win the game 3-0. This line seems to nut. Park that idea. We're going to keep going. And they made it 6 and you're right, it, it is a show. And it was an absolute, the last 30 minutes, it was a it was a real, jo- real joy to watch.
0: Yeah, especially with uh, sense sensing the occasion that you know Gold Coast were pushing more and more, and they just hit them on the counter. Take you know Tegan Riding's two goals and so were pretty standard, but you no know, good goals. The third one was so good that even the double take, uh you know, production missed it in in the in the coverage. So uh, which is not their fault because they're you know, coming out of replay, and all of a sudden. No, it's in the back of the net. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. But uh, look, it was a great goals. I think completely unexpected. And yeah, look, six nil at the end. The biggest, I think the biggest winning margin in the nine grand finals prior to that. And but look, it didn't feel like a six nil game. I think that's the scary thing about it is that you know I think I think the history books will show that you know Gold Coast United cop an absolute paddling. But look, they weren't that far off. It's just this Lions side are that good. They they are ruthless.
1: Yeah, that, that Gold Coast side is a really talented side. We might talk about them quickly now before we talk about the historical meaning for Lions. They're not, they're not that bad a side by any stretch of the imagination. And they have played the Lions two times before that this year in much closer and tighter occasions. And I don't think it's fair to say that they froze on the big stage either. They didn't play badly. It's just that this, this Lions side is that great that on the big stage, they're almost impossible to beat
0: yeah especially when they're when they're in control when they are pretty much it's their game to lose they don't they don't lose it's 50 56, 56 games unbeaten 701 days since they have to have tasted defeat that, that's a, that is a supreme team effort and like i said i I use the word dynasty uh, because i said that 701 days is going to blow out very very quickly because i even know that they might there's gonna be some change in the start of season and next season and then look again they're gonna lose a game at some point it's just i don't know when but they will but uh look they're gonna they're gonna um certainly you know it, it might be a case of even with a couple of changes next season they may come slowly back to the field But then again, I don't see the league at the moment, the other teams in the league, being able to find a way to catch up to them either. Maybe Gold Coast United is probably the only one you'd say clear and presently at the moment, are probably, you know, have got the the roster to be able to match them. But even then, you know, it's 6 nil defeat in the grand final, I think psychologically, that's fairly damning.
1: Well, it will be interesting to see how Gold Coast United bounce back from that. But it's been a really good year once again, for Gold Coast and the new head coach down there, Sarah Evans. They did get through to the first their first grand final as a club at the senior level. So it was a step forward for them. And another top two finish. So they are they are still a really, really strong team in this MPL Women's competition. They are the only team in the last few years to actually beat Lions to a trophy, having won the, won the Premiership a couple of years ago. So it's still a really strong program down there. And again, I don't think that result is reflective of their own ability. I think it's just the fact that they're a really good side But that Lions team, when they play like that, it doesn't really matter who they play. They're going to beat pretty much everybody. So I think the Gold Coast team had an outstanding year. And I don't think they have too much to be ashamed of. I thought they still played quite well. And it seemed like last night they didn't seem like they felt that way either. I think they knew that they played their best game. And it just unfortunately wasn't, wasn't to be for them.
0: Yeah, look, uh, I look at a player like Zoe Corbett who absolutely gave everything, she she had a tired night physically. I think she she ended up having to come off. I think it just the the physical toll was that much. But look, overall, uh, with that Gold Coast side, look, the, the under twenty threes were the, were the premiers this season. Obviously, Lions lines on twenty three goals. You know, uh, they end up winning the grand final after spatching uh, Morton Bay United in the. Uh, in the in one of the earlier games, to to my chagrin, but. That's another story. But yes, the Lions did do the
1: double in the seniors and (laughs) 23. Congratulations to the
0: (laughs) Lions. I I thought I'd be on brand and and sort of uh, display. But look, in all seriousness, as far as Gold Coast and I go, that's who we're talking about. Look, they're very similar to Lions about their philosophy and the way they're building their club and their women's program. Like they've obviously got some experienced players. They've got some, you know, top class senior players as well. But also, as well, they've got a very, very good. you a know, junior team, a junior base coming through. You're seeing a lot of those a lot of those young players are coming through, have had a little bit of senior senior experience. And that's how you build over over the years. So I think I, I talk about you know Lions' dynasty, but I think I don't think Gold Coast United are going away either as far as you know being being their, their principal rival in in that division. So even if you take you know, Gold Coast and Lions and you bracket them, I don't see the rest of the league behind them finding a way at the moment to perhaps, you know, you know, cat, catch up. Maybe a potential power on the rise who, you know, were promoted, you know, maybe have the resources to do it. But yeah, look, uh, I think the, the gap between Lions, Gold Coast, and the rest of the league at the moment, I think it is, you know, is daylight.
1: It absolutely is. We might talk more about Lions and their dynasty moment. First let's see what the head coach of Lions Rob Askew and player of the match and hat-trick Hero Tegan Riding had to say. And let's we'll be back right after this. Talking about the Championship and Coach of Lions, Rob, actually, Rob, six top winners here at Gold Coast I Congratulations. Thank you. Besides, small only just went all it, must be really happy with your pressure performance from outside.
2: Yeah, we uh, we struggled, I felt, in the first half. Um, well, we started well, but the second half of the first half, I felt that they did a really good job in, in making it difficult for us to get, you know, to, to play through our lines and to get in behind them. And I felt they dominated us for 20 minutes there, but. You know, the second half, I thought once we got, like, once we got uh, you know, the, the third goal, that would be the end of it. That would probably extinguish their, um, you know, their competitiveness. And it, it worked out that way, and we rolled over at the top in the end. 2-0 yeah, is always a difficult score. I was at the message at halftime, if you get the third goal, you'll be able to finish the game off. Well, we said at halftime that we felt that there was um, a little bit of an unconscious, it wasn't a conscious decision, but we dropped off at 2-0, and, and I think they... Um, it gave them the chance to get a bit of momentum and once you, you lose momentum it can be very difficult to get it back and we were lucky I, I felt we were happy for half time to happen because then we were able to you know reorganize and refocus and and then we've, we've come out in the second half and i, I think we played exceptionally well
1: if you're lucky i, like I answer this question every time every time you play a big game big players step up for you once again it must be so special having this
2: group together for a couple of years and what they've been able to achieve Oh, absolutely they're a very talented group of players and um, you know they they work hard they're very committed um, they they are lucky to be in a very professional environment and um, I, I think it shows in, in, in the level of performance you know there's a, often a bit of criticism that Lions is buys the league but we, we had we've got 10 or 11 players that have come through our younger teams out there today so um, you know it's, it's something that I think we're very proud of that we, we do it starting to develop our own players because the program's quite young there um and it's definitely something we we want to achieve as a club and um it's great to have the younger players through but it's good to have those experience our heads around to help help them uh become better players if there's one trait you could sum up this Lions side, what is it ruthless yeah you know we um we have done some work on culture and what what we see is that four of the things that we think um that we see the way we see ourselves and the way we want to be and one of the, and the main one is that we want to be a ruthless team and uh certainly last week and this week we, we were ruthless and just finally a seventh npl grandfather went out of nine for you what does this one mean to you individually oh, it's great um you know there was football before the npl as well and um you know i, I i've been in the three before that so this is my 11th straight grand final and i don't get sick of it um I haven't won 10 yet, and I guess that's my objective. Uh, I, I love being part of it. I, I hate the idea of missing out of being part of the grand final. I've been there before, and it's it's just unpleasant. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a premiership first person, but I still love the grand finals. It's good fun. We'll take a pause on that quest to 10 and enjoy tonight. Congratulations and enjoy tonight's celebrations. Thanks, mate. Cheers.
1: Patrick Goldsworth, Tegan Rowan. Tegan, 6-0 win in the Grand Final. Congratulations.
3: Thank you, yeah.
1: Back-to-back trebles. It must be an amazing thing to be part of this special group.
3: Yeah, to be honest, um, Lions is something special and and every year we we seem to promote someone new and and every year we have the same sort of culture and and we're building on it and it's great. It's it's scary stuff to see, you know, 6-0 win in the Grand Final. is awesome.
2: I must drop
1: the same question. If there's one threat to sum up this Lions side, for your mind, what is it?
3: Um... I'm not sure. It's yeah, it's, it's an unbelievable team,
1: to be honest with so. you. Hat-trick here today. Do you want to talk us through a couple of the goals? Particularly the third one was a spectacular strike.
3: Yeah, the third one um, just came off my boot suite. I thought either it was going to hit the crossbar and rebound for one of the girls to just touch in, or, or it was going to go in. Um, it just came off and boots nicely, but it seemed to be uh, quick hat-tricks lately, and I don't know why, so it was nice.
1: <laughs> it's a great trait to have. And just finally, just your, your fourth grandfather win here with lights in Four Years. Well, a pleasure to be here for the whole time. What does it mean to you to be a part of four straight grand final wins at this club?
3: Yeah, like I said, Lions is a super special place. The culture that we have here, not only between the women's side, but to have the men here supporting us as well. Um, yeah, it starts It starts as the juniors and it works all the way up and we're here for each other. I think all the girls were watching the 23s on their phones or on the TVs at home just before we got here. So the culture starts at the junior level and works all the way up and, and you can't fault it. And I think... Because we have that amazing culture, we're here together and we're winning together. And
1: when you know, six mil in the grand final, that's unreal. So it looks like it's gonna be a big, nice celebration
3: to you go again, Congratulations,
1: <laughs> thank you. Have a good one. Thank you to Rob and team for their time out there at Park de Paris on Saturday night after the grand final. We might as well talk about the head coach, Rob Askew. It is a seventh NPL Queensland grand final win for sides he is coached out of nine, nine attempts, Adam, at four at Lions, three at the Gap. And we've said before he is the standout coach, but that is a and a remarkable achievement to get to nine grand finals in, in the NPL era and win seven, as he rightly pointed out in that interview. Plenty of grand finals before that in the previous league. It's a tremendous, tremendous achievement.
0: It is. And what what absolutely amazes me, you know, listening into that interview, you know, we've been there last night, is that he doesn't seem to be wavering from it. He doesn't seem to be sick of, sick of you know, you know sort of, you know, winning year after year. And look, winning is a habit but there's a lot of hard work that goes into that you know and obviously have spent you know obviously we interview him a lot you know, I've spent a lot of time talking to him over, over the years and you can you can tell straight away you know, what it means to him and yeah, like I said, I, I think that that Lions program is going to be the gold standard as long as, as he is there. And I, and I would also think that you know, he would also be passing on that to whoever's the, the next one in line. So that's why I, I keep on coming back to this word dynasty as far to to, to uh, describe the Lions women's program. But I, I can't think of another word for it because I think this is going to be something that's going to be a constant for a very long time yet.
1: It is, that's the only way you can describe it is as a dynasty. And it has been the last two and a half years they've managed to go through without losing a game. They've won the last six trophies, seven trophies, including the grand final of 2020 as well. So they've won the last seven trophies available that they can win. And it doesn't seem like there's going to be any end inside. And that's the, that's the, that's the thing, is it? It's not like this is looking like it's going to be the end of anything. This looks like it can continue on. And even if they do lose a couple of players... The young players they brought through this year, got players like Georgie Rink, Zoe Kruger, Abby Everts, they look like they're able to step in and do not just a job, but a really good job and continue on almost like you don't miss a beat. And that's the really encouraging thing for what they're building out there lines
0: Yeah, absolutely. like I said, we sort of have questions as far as the return of of, you know, of A-League contracted players in the past, such as a uh, Mariel Hecker and Anish Norrie who are Brisbane and Raw, uh Canon Clough uh as well that you know, she she played in the in the A-League women last year, Chelsea Blissett, you know, for Melbourne City. Look, you even take those four players out. There's still, and obviously as well, Shay Connors from last year's side who went down, who played for the Raw, then played in in New South Wales RPL. You you take those, if even if you take those players out, you look at the pieces that will go back in to fix that. You don't see a any weakness as far as you know. Obviously they they are class players, and there'll be some some drop, but again that drop is not going to be compensated by the rest of the league coming up after them because they they will find players. With either within their system, which is which is what is downright scary as far as the rest of the league goes, or they will recruit. And like I said, it is the gold standard program at the moment. What player, if they came knocking, would knock that back? And that, and, that, and like I said, that, and that's not about it's not all about money. It's not about that, it's, it's about the prestige of the program. And that's I think that's the one thing that they've earned more than anything. It is like I said that it is the you know the number one program. And you know, like I said, the professionals in that club in general shows. Look, I know it's probably annoying a lot of other rival club supporters, you know, us, you know, whacked on lyrical about lines, but I'm sorry to say it's the truth.
1: We can only tell the truth. And back to the players, you play to win trophies. And 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 that is clearly the place you would go if you do want to do that. And you mentioned that the A-League women's season is going to run a bit longer this year. We know there's more games. I think it concludes either early or mid-April. So we'll have to wait and see what impact, that has on the National Premier Leagues, not just here in Queensland, but nationwide, because a lot of players do play in both leagues. We'll have to wait and see if that's something that's going to be able to continue or not. We'll have to wait and see. But it's a tremendous story what this Lions side have been able to do, as is the FQPL grand final, Adam, because that was Mitchelton FC, a 1-0 win in extra time over Premier's potential Power goal from Kaylee Pufroy from a free kick in the first half of extra time. And this is a We'll talk about the game. This is, this is an absolutely terrific story for a club which has been through so much in the last 12 months. You know that the horrible incident at the back end of last year, the terrible flooding at the start of this year. To be able to make it to a grand final or two grand finals, including the under-23s, but to, to win the senior grand final, it's a tremendous achievement for that football club.
0: It is. Look, uh, it's uh, Mitchellson, a club that probably, uh, even though they've been around for over a hundred years, it's sort of one of the more unfashionable sort of, you know, community clubs. Uh, put it if we put it like that. And um, yeah, look, the fact that they. Uh, they got to the grand final. Uh, they won, they, they their under 23s won won their premiership. Uh, but to get to the grand final, I think, is it was an amazing achievement in itself. Uh, and yeah, to to win it in, ex, in extra time, thanks to pretty much their their number one player. Uh, yeah, we talk we talk about grand finals bit about, about moments of big stars, Kay poofroy stepped up, yeah, you know, in the most you know, in, in the biggest stage. That, see and you know and converted and was the game winner and that that is is a truly remarkable tale and well congratulations. In the bottom of my heart to Mitchelton, you know, for for that um, for that achievement. It was it was, it was a great story uh, yesterday. I think, and probably, a, and you know, look, you'd say it's an upset. Um, and Peninsula Power, you know, obviously they they like I said they went through unbeaten up until last night. They they've had a great season. We'll, we'll talk about them shortly, but um, yeah, look, uh, congratulations, Mitchelton. It, you know, a remarkable achievement, especially given you know the events of the last twelve months for that club. You know, it's something that they can certainly celebrate.
1: Absolutely, given the fact that they were up against the unbeaten Premier's Peninsula Power, there's no doubt it was a bit of an upset, but Michelin had played them really tight for three games this year, and the way this game panned out, it was once again a really tight game. We'll talk about specifics in a minute, but the overall contest was a really, really tight one between the two sides, and even from about the hour mark in the game, you just felt that there's going to be one moment that somebody steps up and managed to get a chance and take it, and that's the way it panned out. It wasn't looking like it was going to be a free-flowing game where it ended up going to be a 3-2 classic or something like that it was always going to be one moment and in this case it fell Mitchelton's way
0: yeah look uh for for my grand finals are all about moments uh like the, the league season that's where you know the 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 accumulation of, you know, performances is what will win you the Premiership. But Grand Finals, no, I guess this is what, I guess, in a way that, that, you know, we as Australian sports uh, followers and football supporters, I guess, you know, to a point, you know, is why, you know, the Grand Finals are unique because it is about the moment. It is about the day. And like I said, there were a couple of moments. Uh, There's actually, you know, we we talk about our performance, you know, Kick in the hundred second minute as one moment, but there'll probably there were two specific moments before that 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 you know sort of that ebbed and flowed the game. Uh, the first one obviously was the penalty that was given just before half time, which uh, which Izzy Woods, uh, uh, Izzy Woods, I should say, um, her, her penalty was saved by by Jess Joyce, and then and then the uh, Liz Harrington send off. After she brought down uh, Kay Poofroy who broke clear in around about the 60th minute, that completely changed the game.
1: Do you not understand how we do things around here? You're you're taking all of my talking points before I get the chance to actually ask you about them. So now we are going to go back and talk about those two very key moments. The first was the penalty, <laughs> and I think it was pretty clear that it was a a very clear decision of penalty. There wasn't much arguing about that one, was there? It was, and it was a decent save from from the keeper. It? it was a, not the worst penalty taken. It was a pretty good save to go with it.
0: Yeah, a lo- low, sh- a low shot. Uh, just Joyce, I think, just out of instinct, uh, got the knees in front and sort of deflected, and and sort of deflected out. No, but again, big moment. If if Peninsula power go into that half, one nil, after after a penalty, the the the, te- the team talk is a very very different one. You know, from from both Alex Smith and Tony Skinner. So that's, that was a huge moment.
1: Absolutely. And the second one was, I think, it was a, I think it was a three ball from Katie I McDonald. Mean, from memory, I might be wrong on who played the ball through, but it was a great ball through for Kaylee Proof to run, run, on, run through one-on-one with the goalkeeper, um, Liz Harrington. And look, it wasn't, wasn't the greatest of decisions from the Peninsula Power goalkeeper, but there's not a lot you can do in that situation as a referee. And in credit to the referee, took a moment, thought about it, assessed it, and then brought out the red card. It wasn't a rash decision. And again, I don't think there's too many complaints about that one. It was a pretty clear red card, obvious scoring opportunity. Because so I do think that if before he had got round harrington i know the angle would have been slight but given her form this year i think she probably would have been odds on to score it and in that case it's a very very clear decision and really only only one option
0: absolute denial of a goal scoring opportunity from the keeper outside her outside of penalty area there was only going to be one decision yeah you're right i i look uh, i actually yeah, i think also going back to also the npl game i Obviously both both referees, uh Daisy Kuypers in the uh, FQPL final and uh Taylor Schofield in the uh in the uh women in the MPL women's final, I think both had excellent games. I think it's a great it's a great it's a great night where you know where the, the officials basically you don't even mention them. No, I think I think that's worth bringing up. But yeah, look, this decision. Look, it will be probably Peninsula Power supporters that will probably argue, "Oh, you know, yeah, you know, that was harsh." But look, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to Niles' scoring opportunity, and that's exactly what it was.
1: It would. I can guarantee Mitchell would have been blowing up the if that wasn't given. As I can, we also give credit to Zoe, Ryan who came off the bench as a goalkeeper. Probably wasn't expecting it as a reserve goalkeeper. you're Always thinking I might, I might be called upon, but maybe, maybe not. She came on off the bench and did a really good job uh, for, the, for the for the second hour of the game.
0: Oh look, she did, she did a good job uh, for the entire game that she was on under under pressure all that. Because like I said the, the goal that Poufroy scored from a free kick, I don't think there is a keeper in this state in, in women's football would have stopped that. I, 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 I just—that's—that's that's my my opinion. Like I said, it's not a case of potential power losing this final. It was a case of, Mitchelton and Kelly Purfoy winning it. And that's, like I said, and I talk about about moments in grand finals. That is a moment that that you know that basically decided the ball game.
1: Absolutely, we will talk about it right now because it was the free kick and just just before the end of the first half of x time. Kelly Purfoy—they got they got a free kick just outside the area, and it was placed absolutely to perfection at the near post, over, around the wall and into the top corner. And again, you're, there's no way any goalkeeper is going to say that. Zoe Ryan stood there and watched because there's no way you're going to be able to dive inside. It was absolutely perfection. And that's the sort of goal you want to win a grand final. It's an absolutely spectacular goal like that. And as I said earlier, it was always going to be one moment of magic, and that was it.
0: It's almost, to me, on a sort of lesser scale, it is right up there uh, with Dylan Winter Hall's his winner in in that 2000 and 2017 grand final i think yeah 2017.
1: Yeah, some one the yeah, the win for western pride the one you're talking about yep
0: yeah.
1: I, yes, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I think they're very very similar i don't think there's much yeah. difference between the two
0: Obviously, obviously, technically as well. Like, uh, Winslow Halls is one went over the wall and dipped around the other side. Where that one, this one went around. Like, so I'm not talking about the, I'm not talking about the actual, you know, the physics of it and that that aspect, or even, yeah, you know, the fact that Winslow Halls was the last kick of the game. But I just mean just the importance of that goal and then just the moment, yeah. is what what I think that is such an important goal. And look, it comes down to, you know, as with Morton Bay on that night, as Peninsula Power last night. I don't think they can say, "Oh, that they lost the game." It's a case of that, that you know. In this case, Mitchellton won the game.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure there's disappointment up at AJ Kelly Park around the result. They, but they've had a tremendous, tremendous season. And in the last 15 minutes of the game, they pushed forward trying to find an equaliser. But unlike the Week Pro against Virginia, where they scored with the last header of the game, it wasn't to be for them this year. It doesn't take away from what's been an unbelievable season for that for that women's program not just at the senior level but at the 23s as well.
0: Absolutely yeah the under 23s uh defeated the Premiers Mitchelton uh in a penalty shootout early in the day so that was that was a big win and again that one was a probably in the in the scale of things that was probably an upset uh as well that Mitchelton going into that game as the Premiers uh but yeah look I think As far as their potential powers women's program goes, another fantastic achievement. It's probably going to feel a bit hollow without the uh, without the grand final winners trophy, but that doesn't that still doesn't um, sort of it doesn't sort of take away the fact that you know that that what Alex Smith has done for that program, the way he's rebuilt it after 18 months. Potential Power didn't even have it on 23's team last year. And this team and this team that won on uh, that won yesterday afternoon, the majority of the players are 16, 17, 18 years old. So for them to go on and, and and win the grand final, I think it's a tremendous achievement. You can see obviously as well with the senior women as well, uh, a number a number of changes. Yeah, they they have made some bit of recruiting, but still again at heart, it's still a side that part of the side that really struggled and they were blown off the park, you know, pretty much all season last season. To to win premiership, make a grand final, I think then like the disappointment of losing the game will be one thing, but that will pass. But they also should be immensely proud up at uh up at AJ Kelly Park about you know how the women's program has performed, only not anything in, in the past, but even going forward in the future as they go on now to MPL.
1: Plenty to be positive about up at AJ Kelly Park, just you know about that after the game of court with the head coach of Mitchelton, Tony Skinner, and the match winner, Kelly Poo, for us, that's all they had to say at Perry Park on Saturday afternoon, and we'll be back right after this i John! joined, joined the Coach Mitchell and Tony. It's going to Tony won the
4: winner here in the Grand final. Congratulations. Thank you very much. You've had three really tight games with provincial power. this you I assume you expected nothing different here this evening? No, absolutely not. We knew it was going to be incredibly difficult. Power a fantastic team, incredibly fit, worked for 120 minutes. So I'm delighted for the girls, but Power have been the benchmark all year. You had the player advantage for about an hour there. How important was that for you? Oh, I think in the end, very telling. I mean, you saw how many players were stretching and, and you know, trying to get their massages in and the, the power drinks and stuff like that. So I- important, but I don't think we used it to our advantage. You've also got the match winner, Kelly, up front. it has been unbelievable for you all year. Really special way for her to finish what's been a, a spectacular year. Yeah, a special player. I'm really pleased for Kelly, but I'm pleased for everyone. At the end of the day... Lots of teams started to man-mark Kelly out of the game and other girls had to get involved in school. So, look, they've all been fantastic. As I said, no-one backed us to get promoted and we've done the job, so really pleased. Emily referenced there you had a list at the start of the year. you Are yeah. looking to replicate that for next year, looking ahead now into the MPL. Oh, absolutely. Look, I mean, we don't, we don't want to go in there and make up the numbers. So I've said, I said pre-game that we're the 10th team to come in and we have to improve because I I, we have no intention of going up and coming straight back down. And just finally, you've got the suit on. Is that what we're going to see on a regular basis next year in the NPL? No, mate. The suit. The suit was a bet between me and Emily, the, the, the captain, actually. So the bet was, I said, we won't get to the grand final, uh, and if we did, I obviously had to wear a suit. So I lost. Um, but <laughs> if this is the way it's going to be, I'm happy to lose. You lost, but you won. Congratulations and enjoy the off season. Thanks very much. I
1: was talking about the match at a colour Three colours. congratulations on the win.
5: Thank you very much. Um,
1: three really tight matches in for power. Yeah. The season must be expecting a fourth one as well today, no different?
5: Sorry, what did you say? You
1: weren't expecting anything different today from the previous
5: three? No, I was like, expecting it to be the closest of, of all of them. Yeah, it's been a hard-fought battle through all the games, but yeah, I knew each team was going to come out here and perform, so yeah, it was going to be a tight game. You
1: had a player advantage for an hour there. Could you really say you were getting on top of them with that advantage? That oh,
5: to be honest, not really. I thought it would have been a bigger advantage but yeah we, I didn't really feel it up top and I know our midfield didn't especially didn't so yeah credit to power for that.
1: You've had a really special year, it must be a great, a great way to finish off want anyone talk us through the, the match winner?
5: The, sorry, the, the match winner? Oh yeah, well yeah so I knew I just had to get it on frame um, and yeah I was actually like hesitated for a minute because I was gonna take it with my left foot and then I was like oh no let's go right um, yeah, just bent it around the wall, and yeah, as soon as I hit it, I kind of knew it was going in.
1: And have you set yourself any targets ahead for next year, trying to replicate? Well, it's hard to replicate 40 goals, but trying to yeah, get really next really level, sure trying to good. score a similar amount of goals?
5: Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, i have to put in some work on the off-season, but yeah, that's my goal for next year, too. We'll let you celebrate first. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much.
1: And thank you to Tony and Kelly for their time at Perry Park on Saturday evening. Adam and... Tony Skinner brought the suit out for this game, and yeah. if I was him, I'd be continuing that because one win out of one. Why would you change?
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. They're the best dressed person at uh, Perry Park at that time, so he wins
1: that award as well.
0: Yeah, but uh, look, it's actually very quite ironic. i was Just I was just think about that then. That you know, uh as you may know, former their former technical director Joe Fennick, I know he's very very vocal about how much he dislikes finals football and yeah, you know, and that the premiership is everything and all that. I just find it ironic that uh, that the first senior trophy comes from a grand final. So as far as leads least this era, so look, I, look, yeah, you know, I, I got all the respect and wealth for Joe. I I understand his beliefs and all that. It's just like I said, I just find find the irony of it. It's, it's very very interesting.
1: I tend to agree with him that the league is more important than a grand final. I'm pretty sure every coach everywhere would value the longevity of a league season Mm. over a grand final. But when you're lifting a trophy in that moment, it's the most important thing. So congratulations to both Lions FC and Mitchelton who wrap up what's been a great season on the field in the professional leagues here in Queensland.
0: Yeah. uh, Like I said, uh, we'll have our, uh, our teams of the season on the on the season review with uh with the guy who commented the game on uh, on saturday night on uh so we have reviews so obviously we, we've still got to work out the rest of our teams i don't think my, i know mine's not fully complete at the moment i've still got to go back and look but uh yeah look it's uh it's been a great season. Uh, look, as I've said a number of times, I'll, I'll just say it one more time. You know, well done to Football Queensland's competitions team as well. That you know, the fact that they, you know, with all the dramas that start of the season, you know, Mother Nature certainly not cooperating. The fact that they got uh, this season completed on time and as scheduled i think was a remarkable effort you know and, that, and that's not a fluke that's a lot of hard work a lot of hours you know reorganizing games with the clubs and all that and i think that, that that's worth singling out and congratulating for that that you know it, it actually feels like a normal season again the last two years have been you know absolutely extraordinary but this year it felt like you know football's back you know back to normal and that's i guess all we wanted after the pandemic.
1: And in terms of difficulty, it's probably as difficult, if not more so, given the logistical issues of fields not being available for a sustained period. I mean, we're talking about some clubs didn't even have their their grounds available for when football resumed. They had to wait a number of months before they were up and running. And even when they were up and running, there were there were little teasing things where this wasn't available and that was still being fixed. So in terms of a logistical operation, it was a really tough job to get to get football up and running, and they've done it. It was a terrific job.
0: Yeah, and look, absolutely not, and also, you know, while we're sort of doing our thanks as well, as you know, is thank you to all the clubs that you know that we've been associated with for visited uh, this season as well. That you know, like I said, that they they like to their committees and all their volunteers and all that. Uh, you can see them all working tirelessly to to put on the best show, put the best foot forward for this game that we love, and I think they as well. I think they ought to be congratulated as well. You know, both men and and women.
1: Teams. We're going to make a rule for next year. You're not to take any of my talking points that I have prepared written down. But <laughs> before we do get to the official thank yous on this, show, we do have a couple of other oh, games yeah, which no, were played over fun. the weekend to talk about. The first of those was the FQPL2 playoff, which saw Maruchidor FC win 8-1 over, over Willowburn FC of the Darling Downs. League. So congratulations to everyone at Maroochydore. They are into FQPL2 next year so we're looking for seeing what they can do in the third year of football in this state and the other game edge hill united have won their way through to the fqpl champions league grand final where well, they will play redlands united in two weeks time up there in can so that should be a terrific matchup up there so congratulations to both edge hill and Maruchador, adam
0: yeah right uh... Yeah, Murchadore—they'll—they'll a third uh, team in the Premier Leagues in, in Queensland from Sunshine Coast, uh, which, and like I said now across there we've got obviously Sunshine Coast Wanderers in the MPL, Fire in FQPL uh, one, and now Murchadore Swans in FQPL two. So Sunshine Coast uh, representing. Uh, look, as far as the blowout and the scoreline goes, uh, the play the playoff. Yeah, and self, I still think that their yeah, Darling Downs uh, is still a long way as far as you know competitiveness against you know obviously you know South Coast, Sunshine Coast, and obviously Metro Brisbane. So I, I'm not too shocked about that. Uh, look, at least, at least, uh, credit for Willowburn for actually going and actually having a go this time. Because so I know, I know last last year, uh, the Darling Downs uh winners just didn't even bother, they said, Oh, it's not worth it. At least that they showed up at um. At the corporate travel management stadium, you say at least gave it a go. Result wasn't their way, but I think they knew that. Not pretty much outgunned.
1: The blowouts can happen in finals games. We saw one at Perry yep. Park. We even saw one in uh, Victorian football. Some other swans got thumped, didn't they? So blowouts can happen in a big game. But So, congratulations to Mitch, to Maruchador, and that we look forward to what they can do next year. In terms of the, the men's game as well, Adam, there's been a few coaching announcements over the last couple of weeks. I mean, we knew about, we talked last week about Ben Khan moving down to Melbourne Knights and that was confirmed last week. This week, his successor was confirmed. It was Royce Brownley, the Morton Bay United coach, makes the move over to Goodwin Park for season 2023. He will be replaced by his assistant, another 23's coach, Cameron Miller. So congratulations to Cameron at Morton Bay. Also at East, Matt Chandler will step up and replace David Booth, Adam. And we also knew that Carl Dobb will replace Matt Smith, at brisbane city who matt smith's moved on to an off-field role at the brisbane also congratulations to all those coaches looking forward to seeing what sort of squads they can build in the npl next season
0: yeah uh that's sort of sort of yeah that's for the coaching changes at that we know of MPL levels also a couple changes at the at, in the fqpl level the the Firstly, uh, obviously James Coots has re-signed at um, at Logan Lightning after after their campaign. But he'll be he'll actually be assisted by uh, by a former Olympic assistant coach, Richard Greer, who we know has had several head coaching positions. So I think that really sort of bodes well for their uh, tilt at returning to the MPL, and uh, and also as well. Uh, Evo Prasad at Southwest Queensland Thunder, he's been he's gone back or been promoted to technical directors role. And Sam Gayen, who of uh, Lions and Lions and Brisbane Royal Academy sort of, you know, ten years in the past, who's the assistant coach to Ivor Prasad up there, takes on the uh takes on the, uh, the the head coaching role next season. I know that Sam has everyone covered as far as the tallest coach in uh in the Premier Leagues.
1: You will be speaking to Sam when we do speak to um, <laughs> South Queensland Thunder next year. Nothing personal, yeah. Sam. It's just a bit of a height difference. I think Adam might be be the closest we can get to that altitude.
0: Yeah, no, but look, uh congratulations to them but particularly Sam, you know, we've no, known him for a very long time. Um and look, you know, look forward to seeing how he goes, you know, as a as a senior head coach. You know, he certainly he certainly you know had plenty of success, you know, you know, um, at Lions and at uh in the Royal Academy as well. So out, out on his own, you know, up in Toowoomba, look, it'll be very, very interesting. But you now very, you know, he, he I wish him well and good luck to him.
1: Very much looking forward seeing how he goes next year up there in Toowoomba. Now, before we do wrap up, we do have a couple of thank yous to also give. given. this is the final edition of the Prison Footballers NPL Sunday for season 2022. We'll be back in the new year, of course, but we do want to thank all the players and coaches who've taken the time to speak to us. Win, win or lose, win or lose during the. During the regular season and in the finals, we appreciate your time and talking to us. We always enjoy the chance to catch up with people around the grounds as well. So thank you to everyone who's so hospitable to us when we visit your local grounds over the course of the season. Thank you to Football Queensland for continuing to allow us to do what we do. And most importantly, thank you to everyone who listens to this because we very much enjoy the feedback as we get around as well. And finally, thank you to you, Adam, for putting up with my mediocre hosting all season long.
0: No, thank you for putting up with my mediocre analysis. And look, I absolutely one hundred percent share share uh, what you did and a bit of a spoiler alert from before that. You know the thank yous, but yeah, look, we're we're always grateful. You know, every, everywhere we go, we're we're made to feel you know feel you know like you know we're we're, we're contributing to this game that we love. And uh, especially this year again, there's been some tough times, obviously with. Um, you know, obviously with the floods and, and whatnot at the start of the season but yeah look uh, players are players and coaches are always you know happy to talk to us you know give up their time and look, we, we're all t- we're totally appreciated for it because uh without without them and and there's also as well football Queensland as well you know the support that we get especially from Liz and Dan the whole team there um yeah we we couldn't do what we do uh without you so uh, thank you very much.
1: Absolutely. And we will be back in season 2020 to do it all again. In the meantime, you can always keep in touch us on our social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter, search for Brisbane Football Review, or you can email us at BrisbaneFootballReview at gmail.com. We'll have a little bit of off-season news as things transpire over the summer months. We'll be back in the new year for a season preview. In the meantime, we will be covering the A-League men and women's scenes from a Brisbane perspective, so a bit of news and updates around the raw Games as well. So if you're interested in the A-League, stay tuned for that. and otherwise we'll be back in a new year on the Sunday show. Adam thanks for joining me once again this year.
0: Yep. For the full time of the season. Thank you and good night.
1: And we'll talk to you all again next season.